Welcome back. Welcome back to Franklin Bridge. We're on the back porch of Franklin Bridge with Scott Hasse, the director of player development. And this is a segment we'd like to call, well, we used to call it Ash Sherlock. Yep. We used to call it Ash Sherlock. Erica gave me that nickname. Yeah, Erica gave Scott the nickname uh, of Sherlock. And now it is Scott's mission to fix and answer any question that you may or may not have about your golf game or what you've seen on TV or anything that has to do with the game of golf. so Mental, fitness, you name it. You name and it. And we've got Scott here will chime in too. Um, we've got another Scott. Scott Hasse and Scott Spector. And Scott Spector. Perfect. He could be the inspector. <laughs> Sorry. Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> inspector Gadget. So again, you guys can step up to the mic, um, ask any questions that you have about the game of golf, whether whether that's from the mechanic side, the mental side, course management side, anything that you guys have. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be related to golf. If you want Scott's perspective on pretty much anything, he'll give it. Well, one of the questions here kind of alludes to that, but I don't want to start there. I want somebody to come up to the mic, be brave enough, step up here. Don't worry, you won't embarrass yourself. It's like it's like middle school. You're like. Teacher's so, like, raise your hand. Every, who has their phone on them? Everybody have their phone in front of them. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to answer this question that's in front of me. By the time I'm done answering it, I want you to have written down two questions that you have. I'm stealing this from the book, The Five Elements of Effective Thinking, which is don't ask people do you have questions. Ask them to write down two questions because we all have them. <laughs> nice. Erica's heard all the answers because she's worked alongside me for a year and a half. Um, but write down two questions in your phone. And that'll make it a lot easier for you to come up to the mic afterwards. So um, one of the ones that's on here is uh, where do, I guess it's a question directly to me. I think it's a good question that we can all answer. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think all three of us can answer this. But where do you think you shine? Um, uh, I, I think the word I would use for me is discernment. Being able to discern uh, people, personalities, traits, um, it's, it's why I get the name Sherlock. Any of, that, of you that have watched the, I guess, the BBC um, version of it on Netflix, that they're like hour and a half long. It's like TV over there is not like a 25-minute show. It's no. Like, it's like an hour and a half. Yeah. And so it's like four or five seasons of it. But being able, like when somebody walks up, for those that love Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFP. And so I'm able to sense a lot of things around me and then be able to... Uh, figure out exactly what to fix. Uh, where do I think I shine? I, I think um, I'm going to go character trait first. I think empathy is probably my strongest trait, uh, being able to connect uh, with people and understand where they're at and help move them forward, whether that be um, just in relationships with people, but also in in a golf swing. Like it's It's really hard a lot of times for people to look – like they look at – Scott and I as golf professionals and go, well, like you're way up there and I'm way down here. Um, whether that be a junior, like with my juniors, one of the things that is really important when you're teaching and coaching young kids or smaller kids or shy kids, it's actually to come down to their level. And that's, it's a way to be empathetic and connect with them. Um, uh, I do it for a lot of my ladies classes. I'll actually, and Aura Lee's experiences, I'll actually you'll see me kneel down a lot when I begin to like explain what the club does rather than just standing up there next to him to be able to actually kind of kneel down and get lower where I put myself underneath. It, it creates this different hierarchy feel. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to kind of step down uh, and be empathetic in that space um, in terms of skill from a golf perspective, I think I can quickly identify what needs to be fixed and give you the specific directive. We did a little work with Scott today um, on wedges and trying to get some of the technical work out of his wedges in particular. We've got a video. And I can't tell you, I can't tell you why, why I started there. Like, but I was like, hey, I, why don't you just cut every wedge? Just hit a cut. And that fixed it right there. I can't tell you why I did it. I can tell you why it worked when we look at video afterward. But being able to quickly identify the one thing that needs to be worked on and then go for it. We have a cool video that uh, is going to be coming out in July, either early July or mid July 
um, probably going to be mid-July, about how we're going to try and go on the range because there's a lot of people who come in from the public oh, who come God. and hit on the range. And we're going to, I guess, I guess this is a little bit of a sneak peek. I don't mind saying it. I don't think Scott minds either. We're going to go out to the range and see if we can uh, fix people's swings in under like five, five minutes. minutes. So the way I'm going to have it work is I'm going to have a table. And if you want me to come and help you, I'll have uh, one of those like mini American flags. And you'll just set it behind you. Five minutes. How many swings can I fix in like 10 hours? No breaks, just head down, go. And so it's a nice, fun challenge for me. Like, am I, can I fulfill the Sherlock name? And I'm sure I'm going to fail in some spots and that's okay. Like, I actually learn from that. Like, it's going to be a fun, like, I'm going to do really well in certain circumstances. I'm going to learn in others. Um, it's, it's simply to do something fun and a nice, fun challenge for me. Um, and... I might pick up a few lessons, maybe not. I don't really care. So it'll be something fun to do. There you go. There you go. And we'll be go. able to pop on the podcast afterward, and you'll get to be there and no, watch and be it, a part of it. It'll definitely be an interesting podcast, so, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that's where I shine is uh, being empathetic and being able to quickly identify this specific thing, maybe faster than most other people. So, okay. uh We've got a question incoming. Hold on, folks. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hop we on got the mic. Yeah. He's like, I'm already yelling across the table. I may so, as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first member member I ever played in, I was with an NHL referee. The people that you don't understand that you play with out here on, a on accident is amazing. I played with the assistant coach of the Houston Rockets out here. I played with one of the best golfers but uh men that i've ever known and he's an a am radio star i don't know how am radio stars go <laughs> but he was an am radio star right so i have an nhl referee and an nba assistant coach and then an am radio star <laughs> love it um so um who wants to go next? Yeah. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I think character traits are something that, uh, that really shows up in your golf game. And we talked to the last podcast about kind of like how your personality kind of shows up and how you play. And we were talking about uh, specifically like Xander Shoffley and Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I think where, where I shine on the course, and, and, and granted, I don't know how much this means knowing that my lowest score is only an 82, but... Uh, by the way, shooting an 82 makes you better than, like, 80% of the golfing public that have played the game. So, like, it was like, like giving you perspective, like, it felt the like average handicap is, like, 20, 21, and it's been virtually unchanged for the last, like, 20-something years. Well, I mean, even that being said, is, like, first of all, I'm, I'm blessed with a good support system around my golf game who have, like, if I have any questions I can go to, and I think that's been – the catalyst on why I've been able to get so good so quick is just because I have this unlimited reference, this unlimited reference right next to me that, that is able to tell me what I'm doing wrong, tell me what I need to do better. Um, and specifically, I remember going out with my dad, who's actually in the audience, um, a couple of months ago, I guess. And I remember I, I, like, I wanted to show him how, how well I'd, I'd progressed in the game, but that was before my short game got to where it is today. And so it's like he does he has like even though he's he like played golf with me like a couple months ago, he has no idea how good my short game has gone in the last like couple months. And I feel like just those drastic improvements and, and I promise I'm gonna be getting to where I'm going here, is I think my biggest uh, where I think I shine on the course is is not being afraid to uh, to proceed and to progress and to be bold and to take chances and to go into all that stuff. Yeah, that's great. Which where I think a, a lot yeah, of people, uh, I think a lot of people struggle is like, like we said, like I don't know why I'm playing so bad this weekend or whatever that means. It's like, well, it's like, yeah, you're you're not playing good because you're not practicing or you're not you're not taking the chances that you need to. And so I think that that's where I shine. That that's where I shine is being able to. Uh, take those chances and risk getting better because if you either, you know, you talk about risk, you're either going to get better, you're going to get worse. And it's like, like you said on the last podcast, it's a choice. 
right? It's a that's choice. Exactly right. There's so it's like there's no downside to getting worse, and there's only upside to getting better, and that's just the way that I see the game, and I think that's where I shine. Wow. Yep. That's spot awesome. on. Spot on. Wow. Great I'm stuff there. I'm going to you for that. <laughs> Dude, that was – like, can we clip that and save that? That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. All right, Scott, your turn. Scott, your turn. <laughs> I don't even mic right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, where do I shine? Um, we can start with um, – it's really I can see the big picture of, of situation, a relationship, a, a op, you know, business opportunity, and to be able to break it into the strategic elements that will take it from point A to point B probably the most efficient and effective manner so they can have you know sustained whether it's goodwill or profit or increased revenue whatever from a golf standpoint um it's hitting the ball off the tee i you know it's i can put i can put a big i can the image is having a blanket out on the fairway and i can put it in that blanket just with my eyes closed if i need to um <laughs> a long baller, yeah. <laughs> love that, love that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're sharing mics over here, by the way, so if you ever get like a, if you're listening to this digitally, if you ever get a lull of about five seconds, that's probably Scott talking and he doesn't have a mic, so we'll, we'll, we'll get around to it. I'll repeat everything that he says if we need to. Okay, so that's where we all shine. I think that was a really good question. I think that kind of brought yeah. up a, a, that so, we all have different strengths on the course. People wrote down two questions. Somebody come on up and ask your question to the mic. You will not embarrass yourself. And if somebody embarrasses you, then that's on them, not on you. Bill. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit emotionally distressed. I uh, paid for my wife to get some golf lessons from Scott Hassey. And she's out driving me. <laughs> she has almost the same club head speed as. So any Bill. emotional advice you guys can give me would would be much appreciated. <laughs> that's a that's that's actually really good. No, so let me let me allude to that for a second, and then Orly, do ask your question. That's great. So, it's one of the reasons why I think men don't want their wives to play. Is because is because of their potential to get better, and like this is my space, and like the healthiest like uh, married couples that I've seen play the game, like they both enjoy playing together, practicing together. I'll say this about the bridge: I've given more lessons to husbands and wives together than I've ever given in ten years of teaching and coaching, which says a lot about the culture here, which is really cool. Um, so like that's awesome, but. They play. They enjoy playing together, but they also have their separate group of men and women to play with. And so it's like you can both enjoy that time together, just like you can both enjoy spending time with a group of people and then break off separately. So, like, don't be afraid of, like, letting the other play. But some of the women, like, especially if they played a lot of sports growing up, when they first start learning to swing a golf club, they can generate some serious club head speed if you let them. Um, so – and I let them do that. So um, – but yeah, but Bill's not afraid of it. He's, he's good. He's he's proud of her. Yeah. So what I love about golf great. too, um, you know, you talk about you know men's and women's tees, right? But I think what I love about golf is like where I come from in the baseball world. It's like it's hard to generate bat speed and hit the ball because it's you know the ball is moving, moving. as well, right? Yeah. But when you start to put the ball on the ground where it's still you almost like level the playing field completely where like hand-eye coordination doesn't necessarily has to be like as high as like a, as a baseball player might have. And so like there is real potential for a wide variability of skill levels to be able to play this game and to get good at it really fast. And I feel like there's always been this, uh, you know, this stigma talking about like, um, uh, a CCB like country club brats and stuff like that for like where the where Franklin Bridge has really formed this community where like men and women can get together and play this sport together and that's something uh, so different that yeah I've never seen anywhere else they're, that they're I've in played the match either. play championship like the men and the women are playing against each other in yeah. certain places in the match play championship yeah. and everybody's cool with it yeah it's which been, is what's like it's been so refreshing to see all like that for what's got, yeah so I'm sure Scott has seen businesses not have that and regardless of men and women like certain people certain people structures like we don't want to have that guy well like he's actually really good at that 
if you'll listen to him. You know, so orally ask your question. Come on. But love, love all the women coming into the game, especially here at Franklin Bridge. It's been awesome. You can pull it down too if you want. Pull it down. Don't worry, you won't break it. Yeah, you won't bring it. Get okay, close to so it. So one of the big problems that I'm having, and I just want to know all of your opinions on it, is how do you go from your daily active life, and I'm sure tour players have that issue, right, because they've got to, like, switch on and off. But how do you go from what's going on, and you're arriving here, and you're late, and you're stressed out, and you're thinking about a million things, like in my life, elderly parents and all that stuff, and how do you get up there and not take nine holes to finally relax and be able to hit the ball well because your brain is can't shut off and I'm there's got to be an exercise I'm sure you you're really into that right and that to me is yeah. like the biggest it's a great question and, and the first thing I would suggest is going right in here to the pub and getting a, and get a shot, shot. exactly <laughs> right so so trying to keep things a little bit more sane and it and I experienced that this this morning so I was running late, and then on top I had there was, there was trucks having issues on 65 because a lot of people wanted to escape Alabama to get into Tennessee. I understand it. Um, and they were stopping them at the border and telling them to go back. But uh, they let me through, thank God, and I was only 45 minutes late. So I, I get it. And his time is valuable, so, and I, t I totally understand that. It's like, it, what can I do to – Bring it back down to where it's level. Um, I'm not going to use the word balance because things don't balance. The only thing that balances are scales, right? So it's a rhythm. And I'm a big fan of the beach. Love the beach. That's kind of where I go. So I've, I take a mental image of being back at the beach, listening to the waves slowly roll in. Not the crashing ones, but just the slow ones that come in because that's... I'm a hyper individual, but I don't, I don't perform well hyper. I've got to get into that little, find that little comfort zone where, where I can accept the things that go bad and it not negatively or neutral affect me. And I can get into that, that more positive mindset. Um, and I know that if I go too slow and too low, that it, it doesn't do it, it's it just as bad. And if there's if there's a way that you can center that area that works for you, there's a go-to point that you can go to where it gives you some joy and peace. And in that warm-up, as you go out on the practice tee, and and work through that tempo, that rhythm. And it still may take a few holes out there to get there. Even when we were out playing a few holes today, we started on what? One. One was great. Two was great. Got up on three. The par three, it's like, my, my, yeah, it says, says 230, and my little little shooty thing says 260. I'm like, but, you know, the plate's got 230. I have no idea. You know, a foreign place, don't know what, it's, what to do. I was thinking I would pick out a five or a six iron, and I'm thinking now i got to take a three or a four. How do you think I hit it? You know the cart path. Well, the cart path it just kind of like went. It was horrible. It was hor absolutely horrible. We won't talk about the previous hole where I picked picked off the guy on third. But um, yeah, if if you're if you're just not in a comfortable spot, that's where you've got to find. You got to go back to whatever that is that keeps you centered and grounded. I think that's some great advice. Honestly, I don't think I'm the best person to answer this question because. Scott could probably attest to this. I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I'm always in that place. Like, I don't think you've ever seen me mm -mm. on a tee, like, stressed out about where I'm at. And, like, I think the, the biggest thing for me when I go out there and, like, I just play, it's like you're paying the club to go play. They're not paying you. So it's like you may as well enjoy it while you're out there. That's like so His mindset's incredible. It's one of the reasons why he's dropped score so fast. Um, no, I... So I think one of the things that Jack is really good at, um, you didn't say, like, where do you think you shine? He's going to be think, able to answer this better than I I actually I am, think but. where you shine the most is your ability to compartmentalize life. And it's to be able to, like, when you leave work and show up here, it's gone. When you, 
and you're not perfect at it, but like you do a very good job. Like when you get on that first tee, everything else is gone. Like and you don't pick it up until you get back. Like you don't get on your phone. You don't like when you're there, you're there. And it's, it's something that I admire a lot in Jack is the ability to just go, if I'm here, I'm here. If I'm there, I'm there. But I'm not, if I'm here, I'm not over there at the same time. See, that's one of the things that's going to be interesting is you work, y'all work together to get below 80. Because compartmentalizing is good to a point because then you're going to have to expand that to understand the rhythm of that. Because you're going to get in situations where you're going to hit the ball good, you're in situations where you're going to hit the ball bad. And, and being just accepting of where that bad shot is. We've really talked about uh, like broad focus versus narrow focus yeah, 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 and yeah. how, yeah. you know, when you step up to that ball, is it like, and Scott's alluded it to it too when we were talking about one of his tour players, is like when you set the bag down, that's when you lock in. Right. Right? Exactly. And, that, like, and, and Scott will tell you this too, and, and me coming from a baseball background, I'm really good at this, is like when, when I hit a bad shot, it rarely rarely ever affects my next shot because I'm so yeah, used huge. I'm so used to coming from a sport with so much failure that I'm able to wipe it really quick and I'm able to like step up and be like well like this is these are the cards that I'm dealt and I'm just going to go do the best that I can with it. Yeah, and and no different than life too. You don't want to take a bad shot and then follow it up with a bad decision. Right? Right. Yeah. No, I, I would I would agree with that. Um uh, so my answer to Orly um, I'm going to use some things that have guys on the tour have actually used. Um, I actually had a student uh, back in Birmingham. He was um, on the, since we're on Olympic year, uh, <clears throat> he was uh, a trap shooter. And so he and his son both qualified for the Olympics as in shooting trap. He said one of the things that we do when we pull into the space that we're in some guys do it with a metronome. Some guys do it with um, a song. So Jack Nicholas, his song used to be Georgia Girl. And there are some tour players. Uh, mine, when I was in college, when I was playing well, was uh, Layla. So like the, the slow rhythm of a, of a song like that can calm you. And you actually carry that song with you. So Jack would sing it in his head when he played. And so he would stay in that rhythm the whole round. You'll watch players speed up, slow down. It's learning to be in a rhythm um, over and over and over again. And so to me, grabbing a song that calms you, that you, uh, that you genuinely enjoy. Don't just listen to it because it's at a slow rhythm. Like a song that you genuinely enjoy that brings you peace and calm is was, a fantastic place to do that. I don't know if this is an insensitive question or not, but wasn't he on the spectrum just a little bit? I don't know. Because I think that I, I read it was either Arnie or Jack about how they had to hum, like they had to hum, they had to whistle, like all the time. And you were talking about this too, like when you're dealing with um, some kids that are ADHD, right? It's like it helps them to just put just a tad bit of music in the background because they have to have their their mind has to be doing something. Okay, right? so yeah, so side note on ADHD. Um, so basically, the way ADHD works, this is for those that are medical professionals that know this way better than I do. Um, essentially what happens with an ADHD individual is the right side of their brain, which is creative side is on all the time. Now things that quiet the right side of the brain are, um, music, um, noise, just general noise. And so I had a young man last year, super severe ADHD was on medication when he showed up for the lesson, but you could still, you could tell it still wasn't catching. And so, I actually turn music on on my phone for the entire lesson, and he goes from being all over the place to, like, locked in right there in front of you. And so it's actually quieting that side of the brain. Now, if you do not have an ADHD brain, you do not want to feed it. Do not outsource your brain to something that it's already good at doing. When you do that, you then become less efficient at doing it. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. It's, this is why this thing right here, practicing... I'm holding up my phone for those that are listening at home. Um, You're getting put, better at that, alluding to the audience. I know. I'm, home, yeah. I'm trying. So, but like, this is a drug. There is no stop. It would be, be the ability to continue to drink alcohol and not have any consequence whatsoever. You just keep drinking and the drug keeps going and going and going and going and going. And it doesn't stop and it doesn't feed. It's why it's not just images. It's 
first like Twitter was just words and then then you have images and then you have images with words and then you have funny images and then you have video short form 15 seconds well that wasn't quite enough let's give them a little more 30 seconds then we went up to a minute well people don't watch it a minute so let's come down shorter form well now we've got a long form video but we're going to put a a 15 second front end load to hook you to keep you in and then we'll put words on top of it because that's not enough and so the drug stops oh and then you can just keep scrolling and we're going to send you and we're going to watch when you stop and keep you we're literally feeding a drug people have also been desensitized to that right so now we have to add in like since long form video doesn't do the trick anymore now we have to throw that teaser up front to get people to start listening to start watching correct so it gets a lot so so how that affects your golf game when you're on the driving range and you start struggling if you go to that phone it is now you've gone oh i'm playing bad here's how i deal with my negative emotion now it used to be the bottle or cigarettes or what like you can name it some people it's just making excuses for how bad they're playing like like whatever the drug is like it doesn't matter but this one right here hits all of us every single person here I don't remember what the average number is, but the amount of hours on our phone, I think average humans right now is like six or seven hours a day. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like, we're only awake for like just a little over half of that. Um, So, but it's learning to pull this drug away when you go to do something. Now, sometimes you need it for your work. You need to connect with family, but we don't need it at the level that we're using it. And so to me, it's learning to put that drug away so that you learn how to focus and engage in the space that is in front of you. If you don't learn how to do that, and this is really difficult with my juniors and college players that I'm teaching now, they cannot focus for 30 seconds. They can't do it. Adults can't do it. Average attention span for a human being right now is three seconds. A goldfish is four. No joke. A goldfish is four. We're worse than a goldfish right now, and it's because we're feeding this addiction. It's in TV and movies. I was talking to Scott about it earlier. Can you tell I'm passionate, passionate about this topic? So, like, um, in l- older films, you had long video shots, long film shots, 20, 30 seconds a minute. Now, the average uh, film shot, and you can fact check me on this, I believe it's just shy of two seconds. So go watch the next, next time you watch TV, just count when the scene, when the camera angle changes. It's mm. just, you won't be able to count past three and the camera angle change. It's feeding the addiction that you then can't focus in other areas of your life. That's so interesting, yeah. And it's way worse than, in many ways, it's way worse than other drugs. So Actual uh, real drugs. Alluding no to... Stop to kind of wrap this bit up, like alluding to our third podcast that we're about to put out. Um, yeah, Scott, this is cool. Scott and I went to go play around yesterday. It was Scott's idea. Uh, bare feet, no phones, carry your bag, carry your bag, no range finders. We're going to play We're going to play in the dark when it gets past dark. We're going to rely on feel to kind of see where our golf ball is going. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about that on the third podcast and yeah. how we kind of take away modern technology and even shoes from golf and how that kind of impacted our round. And we're going to go over that next episode. The, the, the best way to compartmentalize life is to take the don't take life everywhere with you. Put this, leave it in your golf bag. One of my rules when you play is this doesn't come out. I, I've violated that rule many times. So I'm like preaching to myself here. But like this goes away. Put it in your golf bag. Turn it off. Nothing so important that somebody can't wait two hours to hear from you. Love that. Do we have another question out there? Come on, the get crowd? another question. Uh, somebody wrote one down. Come on. Doesn't even have to be about color. We have a backup, but we don't want to use it. Oh, I thought Orly was going to ah, ask another yeah, question. Let's go ahead and just like uh, fill this gap. I swear, I need one of y'all to come to the mic next time. We're going to get you. We gotta find out a We're better way for this. We're gonna get you. Maybe we'll um, we'll have we'll have handouts for people to write stuff down yeah, next week. That works perfectly. Uh, so this question is uh, just risk versus reward on par fives. I guess they're asking our stances on that. I ha- I know I have my answer, but I know that the two pros also have theirs. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you my simplest one that applies the most number of people. Learn the discipline of giving yourself a yardage at which you are allowed to go for it. Maybe it's 215 yards. Well, what if I'm 216? Is that less than, is that 215 or less? No, don't go for it. Well, the wind's at my back. Is it 215 or less? Like, no. Okay, don't go for it. First thing you have to learn is the discipline to go and not. 
give yourself a line. Now, for some of you, it might be 250 yards. Like, for me, that limiting mark is right around the 250 mark. So, learning the discipline of not going for it. So the question to you, Scott, would be, regardless of the situation, that's kind of that's that's where that's just your first line of demarcation that you make a decision point. Just trying to give people something tangible. That's it is it, that's very incomplete. Um, and, and we've talked about this before, and I talk about this in my teaching. When you simplify something, you lose inevitably by making it simpler. You lose some depth which makes it can make it incorrect but it's a great the purpose of it is learning the discipline the self-discipline to say no not here and so then as you expand your skill set and your ability then is learning the more nuanced of like yes this is a good time no this is not a good time um but if you don't have that basic level of discipline i try and teach that to my juniors uh i don't have quite that structure yet with that older group as I'm trying to build the program here but is yes no draw a line in the sand so I feel like my answer is similar to that although I don't necessarily define it by a metric right it's like I know how far I have uh like for example like mine is 250 260 and it's um that's how long I I know I can hit the ball with control with a three wood right and so the way that I'll kind of go a step further than that is if I'm playing a hole where, let's say, you just have a like a 600-yard straight par 5, right? It's like if I know that I have a certain amount of room in front of me and a certain amount of room behind me to where I can miss, I can deviate like from that yardage that I tell myself that I have control over, it's like, yeah, I'll go for it. But, for example, uh, number two, out, or, uh, yeah, number two out here, I know that I can go for that. Right. But number five out here, I know that water's in the way. I know I got traps in front of the bunker. I know that I've got a, uh, a, a down slope on the left hand side. 17, sorry. That's like five. What a, not five, yeah. Wow, that's the craziest part. No, no, no. Seven, 17, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know why I said five. But 17. I know I have water in front. I know I have traps around me. I know I have a slope down the left hand side. I know I don't really have tons of room on the back if I miss, right? So it's like on that situation, no. Absolutely not. So it's like, how much room within your miss do you have to go for something? That's it. That's it. No, that's where I was going to go is the averages. I don't know why I said five. 17. Sorry, everybody. That's the shortest part five ever. Better be scoring two on that one. We got, uh, we're about 33 minutes in. We need another question out here. What are the top 23 exercises you can recommend to increase my swing speed? Mm. Can I be funny and actually try and give 23? Yes. <laughs> all right, I'm going to need somebody we, to write these down so I don't say night. them twice. So uh, somebody out there, can you write down 23? Are you actually going to do this? Yes, I'm actually going to do this. You're going to ask a fun question. I'm going to give a funny answer. I'm going to sit back and relax. Maybe I should go in for another beer. All right, you ready? <laughs> Are you ready for this? You sure? Y'all ready for this? I need somebody out there ready to write them down. Piper, you got it? Piper's got it. All right. First one, squat. Second one, deadlift. Third one, squat. Fourth one, deadlift. Fifth one, squat. Sixth one, deadlift. Those are, the, those are the two most foundational movements to basic strength and body control that you can develop. Then from there, build up. Um, and anybody can learn to squat. Obviously, you know, put the asterisk next to the whole thing, like please talk to your doctor before you do any physical activity. Um, but <laughs> those, those two movements are the kingpins of building any strength because they work every component in your body. You learn how to move. You learn how to order movements, sequence movements. Like you cannot do a deadlift properly and lift a decent amount of weight without first knowing how to sequence that movement and pull that weight off the floor. Then from there, we can do some band work, load work, stretching, flexibility, you know, being able to extend and expand your range of motion. The strength is a lot 
easier to build than flexibility. And so um, it just takes a long time for that muscle to stretch to where you need it to. I was going to say, too, uh, yeah, those are all going to be great in order to build that muscle. But you have to be able to, and this is coming from me who's played two swinging sports at this point, learn how to train those those fast twitch muscles, right? And be able to, like Scott alluded to, those sequencing, that sequencing, right? So, like, you know, for example, learning how to swing something super fast, like, uh, I don't know if I don't know if the if the golf professionals would recommend this, but one thing that you know obviously got my swing speed up was uh, obviously playing baseball and being able to swing a bat. But I think just getting your driver out and just learning how to just sequence them sequence those movements without ever having to be worried about the club face and just learning how to do that as quick as quick as quick as possible. Because if you can learn how to do something fast, this is why Scott will always say that. Fast is always better than slow, right? Because if you can teach yourself how to be, how to control your face fast, that's going to be ten times more beneficial for you than learning how to control your club face slow. Because you're going to be have to, you're going to have to learn it either way, right? So may as well learn it faster. I don't know if that was a great way to put that or not, but no, that's an excellent way to put it. I feel like that's pretty good. Speaking from the the older side of the crowd, y'all are so much younger than I am. Whatever you can do to focus your exercises on the posterior chain, that that that's going to keep you keep you loose and flexible, so that those when those muscles are stronger, you have the ability to to swing faster because now those muscles have been supported. I'm about to get up. Hang on. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna use this. Scott's gonna use the. Scott's going to use Scott for this example. Okay, so uh, turn, turn, turn the sideways 90 degrees. Yeah, yeah. That, go this. No, go, that's okay. That's fine. I got to be closer to this mic. Hang on. Whoa, sorry for everybody at home. Sorry, everybody that had that their headphones in. in yeah. Um, so anything on the back half of his body. So that would be glutes, hamstrings, uh, calves. Uh, lower lumbar, upper back, uh, traps, shoulders, um, triceps, uh, forearms, particularly in the rotational key. Um, everybody's like, oh, abs, abs, abs. Well, learning to, can we do a deadlift? Can you do a squat or a deadlift? So can you get in a deadlift position for me? Okay, so turn where everybody can see you. Turn sideways. <coughs> so when somebody deadlifts, we should get Erica up here. Get up here. Yeah, get up here, Erica. She can pull 225 off the floor. So um, she weighs a lot less than that. All right, so when you get in a deadlift position, everybody thinks it's just pulling up. The first step is the big breath in. Put your hands where you would actually hold the bar. Yeah, down, and you'd keep them up against your ch- up against your shins. So a lot of people will pull up by just lifting their butt up first. That is now working your quads and your shins. Whereas if you pull it all up and keep that back tight, that's why I love the deadlift. It works everything on the back half, triceps, forearms, traps, upper back. And if you are here, her back is thick. When you make a back swing and have to be able to keep your arms stretched out away from you, turn like you're gonna hit a golf ball the other way. Good. Swing back, make me a back swing. The ability to keep the arms stretched out in front of you is not a chest exercise. Everybody thinks it's a chest exercise. It's not. It's actually a back strength because when you come back to neutral, if she were going to do a pressing movement, just stand up straight and press your arms straight out. There's nothing against her back here. So if we do a push-up, can you do a push-up? So if you do a push-up, there's something she's pushing against, which is the floor feet and hands when she does a bench press which would be her back against uh against something the bench is there as a support when you're in free space with no support go ahead and set up there are you gonna hit a golf ball this way yep backswing there's nothing back here except her back and so when there's not enough back strength in your upper traps then you can't keep the arms extended and pressed out away from you. And the further they're pressed out away from you, the further you can hit it. That's actually a back issue, not a chest press issue. So most people think it's like, oh, I need to be stronger. Women need to be stronger in their upper body. Yeah, but I'd rather be stronger on the back half than the front half. So thanks, Erica. That was great. You did good. Um, 
So yeah, that's the posterior chain is the most important component. Um, I prefer a back squat if you can do one over a front squat because front squat works more quads and front half with your abs than your back. So I'm a big fan of the deadlift. There's there's a lot of other movements if you can't do the deadlift yet, um, doing band work and things like that to build your strength up. But yeah, learn I how spend to deadlift. a lot of time on band work and then also stretching before after the round maintenance is a uh, incredibly important uh and i would tell people this learn to build your strength from the bottom but like don't be afraid whether especially this happens to a lot of my females like well i don't want to bulk up you don't have testosterone boiling through your blood so that's not going to happen plus like i've actually had multiple women come up to me tell me like a toned look is actually really attractive. I was like, so why are you afraid to lift weight? So lifting weights and actually moving weight. And for those that age, my mom being a personal trainer, my dad being a bodybuilder, a lot of times they go just to the band work, which is good as a starting point. But don't end there. Learning to bear weight as you get older is an important component. Like carry your bag. I'm not saying carry your bag every time, but carry your bag. Learn to do some basic walking movements with weights. Learn how to do deadlift with just the, just the bar, squats with the bar. Learn how to hold weight, your body. It's different than just doing bicep curls and tricep extensions and lightweight with the adductor, abductor machines. It's learning to bear weight and force because as you get older, your body weight is insufficient exercise. So my parents do not shy away with their elderly people lifting weight and those that start it now start it now three days a week that's all you need so good question one more uno mas that's the extent of my spanish could be about anything too mindset that has anything related to golf mechanics course management anything anything i need we need to like have a regular question you have a quiet? Yeah. yeah i just gotta start pointing at people that's what i hey, gotta do you do like all the teachers do in like, school yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got that mic all twisted around. Hey, guys. My name's Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Uh, Thanks for Tyler. coming out, man. Yeah, so I'm a seven handicap. My wife says I golf too much. How do I convince her that this is a long-term investment into our future? <laughs> so have her come out with you. Okay. Have her hang out with no, Aura Lee. Mean, like financially. Oh, oh. Well, first of all. First, is this is the best deal on the planet playing golf at the right, Franklin correct, Bridge. Correct, correct. Like for what you get. And but. investing, advance, investing in a man's brain, in his, the clear, the clarity that golf gives a man's brain is uh, the best return on investment. I agree with ever. that. I agree with that. Well, let, I kind of want to answer this seriously to a certain degree. This <laughs> well, is my, back mine to wasn't like serious. Typical, mine typical wasn't serious. It, it is. It is. But um, to me, it's about prioritizing your relationships. So. I'm speaking from having screwed this up a lot of not prioritizing my family over my work and playing. So it's like I'm speaking from a place of like I've screwed this up, but is learning to like genuinely sit down and dialogue where you can listen to her and she can listen to you about why you need to play. Like you do like recreation and activity is good for all of us and being able to spend time with people you enjoy playing the game with is good. Um, there's actually some um, research in psychology about people that play the game. Part of what they're doing is they're working out their frustrations of life while they play. I mean, hell, it's the same reason why we have this podcast, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, give her her time and her space for what she needs. Like, if she needs more time from you one week, if she's giving you three weeks to play, I don't think that's too much to give. And I I'm speaking from a position of, like, I used to think that was too much to give. So, like... Um, this is not like I'm up here on this pedestal going, you, sir, need to do this. But like, to me, it's learning to dialogue amongst the individuals. It's a communication component and it's, it's giving on both sides. It's not taking, I, I don't ever like, I don't like the term give and take because right, right. it assumes that when, yeah, somebody's got a one up on the other. It's, you're both giving, not give and take. So, uh, Scott, I, I think if you want to add anything to that from the, because you see it in the business world, like how do we work these two parties together? If you want to share anything, you don't have to. 
No, I really wasn't going to go much on the business side, but I. <laughs> but thanks for asking. Um, I think just spending time together out here. Um, not all the time, but I can. I can. There's there's time from a professional standpoint. There's time to grind where we can we can as a, as a professional, and there's time we we just want to just goof off and just relax, not have to be on so to speak and just just enjoy it like you were talking about just the time out together and having a conversation you know about it, it could be something trivial um and, and this is coming from a guy that was married 22 years i've been divorced 12 so i know where i screwed it up um but I had one that didn't like golf anyway, and that was, you know, she didn't want to wear the outfits, and I was like, oh, whatever. Anyway, but you know, really, just just having an opportunity to come out and spend some time together, and, and you know, what a great facility you got out here. And they're doing it right now. And it's just, you know, you're doing it. So good for you. Congratulations for you. I told um, I told my girlfriend this just recently too i was um you know because I, I told my girlfriend this well okay sorry <laughs> sorry i did take that out of context that, but i thought it'd be funny <laughs> that did kind of start out <laughs> started, not the best i can't wait to call hannah and tell her to listen to this podcast <laughs> you're not allowed to cut this clip it, out by the way no no no. don't cut it out i, I want to say <laughs> it I, I told her i was like i don't care what your relationship with golf is i think that the biggest thing especially from like a guy's point of view is like we really appreciate it when like the women in our lives like take time to hang out with us in an area of life that we really enjoy as well. Like that's really, that's, cool. that's really important to us. And I told her, like I told my girlfriend this, I said, uh, like, I don't care what your relationship with golf is. I don't care if you ever want to swing your club in your life. Like if you just want to like sit in the cart and drink white claws for 18 holes, like that's all like I, I, I could, I would be totally happy with that. Like too. Like, I think the biggest thing for us is just like, you guys being a part of something that we love a lot. And that's like, that's the biggest thing. It has nothing to do with golf or the competitiveness or the game or anything like that. If you, if you like being in a cart and drinking white claws, that's, I, I can't speak for, for Tyler over here, but that's good enough for me. So this is why we need to do the third podcast, but yeah, here you go, Scott. So, and then another, another thing of it too is guys want two things. We want to be recognized and we want to be appreciated. And, and just the fact that, the, that you come out together, recognize that we enjoy the sport, you enjoy the sport, or even you're just learning the sport, and, and it's, we appreciate that. We may not say it, chances are we won't, but it does make us feel uh, one heck of a lot better. This is, do we need to make a quick phone call to Stephanie and have her chime in on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, we definitely, this is the one. Hey, Erica, would you like to, like to share? Sorry, just picking names out now. <laughs> no, that was that was a great question, though. I feel like that's a lot. That's a big question, and I feel like a lot of men have, and they can never get like a clear perspective of it because it's only like it's like it's my my word against yours. But it's like I feel like when you get like a a slew of men over here that might have different opinions, I feel like you can get some per, like some cool perspective on it. Yeah, yeah. Communications is everything. Communication. P. Farmer. Did you play today? Did you play today? Do you have any questions about your round? He's like, no. <laughs> I think I really want to get you, this next one shoot? started. This is going to be good. Nice. Hey. Nine holes, 38. I love that. Nice job. Hey. No, that's really cute. Also, flip that. Two birdies. What so holes? Birdies. Thirteen. Played the back nine. Thirteen and fifteen. Ooh, two nice ones there. Thirteen is not an easy one to make either. Mm -mm. Thirteen and fifteen. No, par, 13, par four. Par four. You, you and your holes today. No, I'm so messed up with my holes today. <laughs> I called seventeen five the other day. I don't know why. I the that. other day, the other day was like fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> Just get, oh man, get, you get are me off. The, get off the mic. We're get going me off to the, the next episode. Get me off the podcast. We need to be done with this one. <laughs> that's that's honestly a really good wrap up. So um, again, y'all, please rate this podcast if you guys are listening to it digitally. 
um, give us a five-star rating. That'd be awesome. It helps us uh, when people go and search golf or golf podcast or golf help or golf instructional videos. We'll pop up first versus the other guys if we have more ratings. So if you guys got any kind of uh, any kind of knowledge or any kind of perspective on this that uh, you really appreciate it, please scroll down, take a pause, scroll back to the episodes all the way down, throw us a five-star rating, and maybe leave us a, a review too. We've had some pretty cool reviews on there. I haven't looked at it recently. Yeah, we, we have like 20, 20 something reviews on there. Really? I think so. Nice. So that's there been we go. that's been really great. And um, uh, yeah, congrats to Scott. Um, we passed ten thousand plays a couple months ago. I think right now we're sitting around uh, thirteen or fourteen thousand. So we're now growing. We're growing. We're getting some momentum going. So that's been really cool. So uh, congrats to you, Scott. And I guess thanks. Congrats to you too. You're thanks. the one doing all the hard stuff. Do you know what's crazy? I just answer questions. You know what's crazy <laughs> is that this is uh, right now, about right now, or maybe in a, in a month or two. I think it's about a month. In, a, in about a month, we're coming up on my one-year, I guess, anniversary of producing this podcast. We need to figure too. out exactly what that date is, and we need to do it I can roll back year to, to it. date exactly after, or that week. I yeah. can roll back to it. I can figure out what episode it is. Sweet. But yeah, so. Awesome. Thanks, y'all, for watching. Uh, this has been an awesome Ask Sherlock Q&A. We had an instructional demo. We had a relationship question. We had some golf questions. We had some mindset questions. This is one of the best ones in a long time. So That's great. Um, do it again next week. Do it again next week, y'all. Please come out and support uh, 6.30 p.m. Uh, for any of those who want to come out and support the podcast on Wednesday, 6.30 on Wednesdays, and uh, come with your questions. And we're about to start with our new um, our new application that helps us, uh, well, I guess with instructional, we're about to come out with a special podcast that is only going to be available on the app. So if you guys want to get uh, some insight to some of like the real ways that you can start taking shots off your score, tune into the app when we start announcing it. Uh, and there's going to be a podcast that you guys can access on the app. So that's going to be really awesome. But um, enough for me from now. We're going to go on and take a five-minute break and then go on to our third podcast of the night, which is going to be, I think, the best of the night. And uh, from Scott and Scott and Jack on the back porch of Franklin Bridge. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, y'all, for listening to this episode of the Champions Playbook. As always, you can find us anywhere that you guys are. So uh, make sure to check out Scott on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. His Instagram is at Golf. That's two S's and two E's. So make sure to go and check out everything that he's got going on over on his Instagram page, uh, as well as make sure you follow Franklin Bridge. Uh, Franklin Bridge puts out some great things as well, and we want to make sure that we support them because they support us. So as always, feel free to come by the back porch of the Persimmon Pub at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays to come and listen to us talk golf. So book a late afternoon round of golf, and then afterwards, come on inside, get some food, some drinks. Uh, we got some specials going on. We had some $5 flatbread pizzas. We had some amazing chicken tacos, as well as drink specials going on all night long. So make sure to support the Persimmon Pub as well when you come out. We would love to see you guys. We do one episode and then a live Q&A and then another episode. So from 7 to 9 on Wednesdays, we hope to see you soon, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.